0: Nebraska post game, our buddy Chaz stops by, and Ben Davis adds the newest member to Buckeye Nation. All that and more next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chaz. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 32, and we are coming to you just after a narrow and somewhat kind of controversial and disappointing win over Nebraska. This episode is kind of special. We're welcoming our good friend Ben Davis back after having uh, his newest member to Buckeye Nation, a little baby girl. And also we have uh, Chaz Williamson on the show, who is just one huge asshole. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <That's>
1: con- <laughs> hey, dude, If that ain't an right intro, out, okay. I don't know what is. You know?
0: <laughs> hey, Chaz, would your wife disagree with that?
2: No, she wouldn't. Would okay, any of our wives disagree with any of that being said about <laughs> any of us? That's true, hundred percent.
0: So let's do it this way then. We'll 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 let uh, Chaz go first since he's our guest on the show. Um, Chaz, what is your overall synopsis of this game?
1: I feel happy that we won the game. Um, but my concern is on the offensive side of the ball. What identity do we have, our offensive line, execution of plays, and play calling? I, that Those are my concerns on offense.
2: Yeah. What about you, Davis? Um, I agree. Um, I yeah. definitely think the offense is an issue, and I think it's mainly red zone issues because we're definitely still moving the ball. Um, we're starting to see some real problems with CJ not being super mobile uh whatever the reason may be I know we're going to address that later this episode um but I'm I'm still taking positives out of this in the fact that um you know at this point in the season I am more on board with a win as a win I understand style points still matter but obviously hell it's a lot better to win this game than not But this is one of those games that I feel like is a no-win situation game because it's an opponent that, in everyone else's mind, we should be beating by 25 points or more. But realistically, if you look behind their actual record, you see that they I think the biggest – loss they had was by seven or eight points. I mean, they only lost by seven to Oklahoma, to three by Michigan State in overtime, by three to Michigan, and we end up beating them by more than they have got beaten by at all this year. So if you really look behind the numbers, I think Nebraska has played pretty well this year. They just have not pulled it out or couldn't get it out of their own way because they easily could have won a handful of those games, and they, they could be sitting there as a ranked team. I'm taking it more as a positive at this point, but there's definitely some issues we need to address. I'm going to agree with both of you in
0: part, you know, I, I I do agree with, like, the offensive line troubles, the red zone, uh, play calling, execution, 100%, putting personnel in the right positions. I think we're still struggling with who's going to play where on certain position groups. And on top of that, like, to kind of piggyback off what Davis said but go a different direction because he knows I'm going to, yes, a win is a win in November, and I get that. Um, This is the Big Ten. You know what I mean? It's it's not the MAC. Um, So you're playing good teams and quality opponents every week. But I just feel like if you're going to sit there and call yourself the number five team in this country, you need to beat an unranked team. You need to beat a three win- a three win team at this point in the year, and you need to look better, more like a cohesive unit than we look doing it.
2: And I just you feel mean, like you mean kind of like the number two team in the country, Alabama, beating uh, a four and four team by seven points, only scoring twenty. Yeah, they need to look like the them. part. They exactly. need to look the part. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, it's um, going around everywhere. Only thing is set in stone. And I'll let you finish your point. I just had to bring that up because I know we're going to address that. But that pisses me off. Like, you know, it, if we get looked at, down upon and negatively for this game and other teams are not getting penalized for the same sort of result, then that's bull crap. Well, what, what do you think,
0: Chaz? Do you think at this point we look
2: like a playoff capable team?
1: Well, one, it's the SEC, dude. They play the best competition in the world. So, I mean, they're the greatest of the great. Sorry, I laughed really like, loud, no. but my
0: mute was on. It was <laughs>
1: muted, but
2: <laughs> no, you yeah, know, that, you know, that four and four LSU team would been unbeaten in the Big Ten. Oh, no, yeah. you guys, you guys know, I'm just joking. That's a crock of s. <laughs> <shit>. uh, <laughs> no, um,
1: no, I don't think I don't think we look like a playoff team. I mean, the last time I was on your podcast that was you know my concern was more of the defensive side of the ball you know and then the offensive line I like Mumford I think he's a great tackle I really do I think he could be really good in the NFL but my concern is he's not a guard you know we have four tackles and we don't have mobile guards the interior of the line to me is what is hindering this this run game I know people you know, are saying you know we have the best offensive line. Yeah, pass wise, I, I I would agree to that, but not not run wise. I don't I don't think so. I I think we should have never moved Mumford. Matthew Jones to me should be playing at guard because he's so versatile in the interior line. And I know by me saying that, I know people are going to be like, well, how you know one person. On the offensive line and it's People just don't understand it when you can't Get to the second level and make that extra Block so Henderson don't have to make two People miss That's an extra four yards you're Getting right there you know you're averaging Right there six yards a carry versus three And then hoping to bust a big gain Later in the in the drive or In the game yeah agreed. but but I don't think we're a playoff Team
2: what about you
0: Davis Are we a playoff team today
2: I think that's subjective in regards to what we see around the country as well, because to be a playoff team, all you got to do is be in the top four. So are there three teams better? Or I'm sorry. Do I think there are four teams better than us right now? And my answer is no. It's still no. I still think we're a playoff team in regards to what the rest of the country is showing. I mean, if you want to look at Michigan State, they obviously lost, so they're out. Want to look at Alabama? They've been a little bit of a mixed bag this year. They haven't looked like world beaters by any means um if you want to look at Oregon they're still struggling I mean they don't look like they're that dominant of a team either they definitely look beatable Cincinnati looks definitely beatable like besides Georgia tell me any other team that you would agree on paper or even what you've seen right now that you would say for sure that we would not win against or not have a legitimate shot to to win man that's hard to say dude because
0: you know when I'm thinking about matchups is Alabama a better team than us? I think, how do we match up versus Alabama? You know, do, is that something that we could, we could compete heavily in that game and win? And, you know, dude, it's to me, okay, there's a couple of wild cards, and that to me is Oklahoma. We've talked about it before, um, who has a couple of tests coming up at the end of their season. And I think it's going to really kind of tell exactly where they are. And I think that that's, that's going to be kind of huge, man, because that's kind of the sleeping dog for me. Do I think if we played Oregon again, we could beat them? I do. Um. Do I think we match up well against Alabama? I do. Um, do I think that uh, we could beat Georgia? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, not the way they look right now and the way we're playing. Um, a lot of things would have to change. But, you know, like, I think we're right on the cusp, man. But I'm just not ready to say, like, when, when I watch this team play, my overall feel is, like, do I feel confident about this team going into the playoffs? And the
2: answer is no. Right now, no. And that's, that's a fair statement, and I think a lot of people would, would agree with you, but that's the beauty is that we're not going to the playoff anytime soon. We still have – uh, another three re- uh, regular season games and then the possibility of the Big Ten Championship game. And they're all going to be quality opponents, more opportunities to improve and get better. Finishing out the year with the teams that we have in front of us, if we can continue to improve, because I really think we're going to be in a dogfight every single game moving forward. I'm the person that is not necessarily going to see that as a bad thing and a negative thing. I'm going to see that in the fact that if we can continue to find ways to fight and pull these out, we're going to be a lot more battle tested than we've been in the last few years. So if and when we do get to the playoffs and we play these teams that are obviously the same caliber or maybe even a little bit better, uh, we're going to be better prepared for them. That's kind of where I take it right now.
0: I mean, I could see that, man. Chaz, what do you think? You, I mean, do you think we're right on the cusp or, or do you think we're we're just too far gone? Or what do you think? I think we're too young, dude. I think we're just too young.
1: It's it's hard, man, because it's like I have so many emotions for the play calling, for you know, our experience, it's hard for me to, to pick one just because I feel like there's just too much that we have to improve on right now. You know, when you guys talked about if we played the top 10 teams or whoever in the country, who do you think I could, we could beat? I don't see us beating Georgia. I don't see us beating Bama only because Bama's defensive line is very, very dominant, you know, and they do have some players on offense. Other than Williams, they have you know, Minji and they, uh, Billingsley, their tight end is really, really good. Um, I could see that being a problem. I see us rematching Oregon. I think, I think we dominate them this time. Cincinnati, I see us beat. Um, Michigan, Michigan State, I'm concerned about Michigan State a little bit, you know, but I know that's later in the weeks of the podcast. You know, I know that would be a different subject or a topic, but, um, well, Oklahoma, I could see us beat. They don't play defense. They they don't. I think the problems that we have now would be okay. I, I see us beating them. But I just, I don't know, man. It, it's it's so tough for me to pick one identity. What is
0: the issue on offense? Well, dude, dude i got to be honest with you guys, and I don't know where you guys are coming from, but I've been kind of a little bit salty with Ryan Day here the last couple of weeks. Um. Now I get it, man. There, there's there's two parts to the game. There's the guy that makes the call and the guys that carry out the call. And I fully understand that. So I'm not saying that everything's on Ryan Day. And there's not execution problems because I think we all can agree there is. But, man, some of these calls he's he's making, namely red zone play calling, and also, I mean, good Lord, two minutes left in the game, dude, and, and, and we're passing the ball with a six-point lead? We're passing the ball. And damn
1: near turn yeah. the ball over. That's one of the things I'm I'm so I'm pissed off about. I don't I don't understand that. I don't understand that play call or the the mindset of that last drive because Henderson and the offensive line actually did something. You know, he Henderson busted an 11 yard gain and then a 22 yard gain, and we don't. I understand before there was a pass to uh, Smith for nine yards, and then they gave it to Teague for the first down, and then it got under two minutes. I was okay with that because you still needed a first down to get the clock running. But after the two minutes, I don't know where his mindset was after that. Someone
2: come back to something you said about not understanding this team's identity, and I'm pretty sure that I'm aware of what their team's identity should be and you look at what their success has been this year and what their struggle has been. Um, the identity needs to be minimum 200 yards rushing and then whatever you can get on top with, uh, with passing at that point is just supplementary to that. Um, we struggled running the ball against uh, Oregon a little bit, and we definitely struggled running the ball here against uh, Nebraska, and those are our two worst games. And it resulted in both games, Stroud having to throw over 50 pass attempts, and sure, he's getting 400 yards and a couple picks and a couple touchdowns. I mean, almost identical numbers between the two games. And look what happened you know and that it means that we're a lot, it's a lot easier to score outside the red zone when you're passing like that but if you cannot establish that running game that's really where your bread and butter is inside the red zone because the passing gaps are all tightened up because there's less space that the defense has to cover and results in tighter windows not as much time to try to get the ball out things like that so their identity needs to be they have got to find a way to get the running game going, even when things get tough. And I think maybe some of their blocking concepts need to simplify a little bit. Maybe they need to do more running plays out towards the edge instead of constantly trying to run up the middle on the majority of their runs. Uh, That seems like that would be an easy way to do it. Even we haven't seen a ton of those quick little swing passes, which is inherently, you know, even though it's a pass, it's still basically like a run to try to get this moving. So that's kind of my take on it, is that if we can get back to minimum 200 yards rushing per game, the pass yards are going to be there from Stroud. I fully believe that. And I'm okay with a couple mistakes here and there, but I don't know if it's as much on the play calling as it is some of the execution or the blocking schemes that we have. I'm going
1: to be honest with you, Davis. That last two minutes to me, I'm sorry to be this way, but that's situational football. That's very basic situational football, 1 on 1. I don't understand how he does not run the ball.
2: No, I, I agree with that play. But I'm know, just saying I, I, in I'm general.
1: Just, I think I'm just so I'm so aggravated at that because it's I, I mean, when me and Chad were watching the game all I kept thinking was, okay, if you don't get the first down, you give them the ball with a minute 10 left, even if you don't kick the field goal. Say if you you don't want another Penn State incident where they block it and they return it for a touchdown. You pin them deep. You make Martinez go down the field with no timeouts and a minute left to score a touchdown. I would do that 100 times. Give me that scenario. And I know that's a lot of people are like, well, that's Jim Trestle ball. That's Jim Trestle ball. Or, oh, you're playing not to lose. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so disappointed in that last
0: two minutes with Ryan Day than I've ever been since he's been there. Well, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do Do you think that those last two minutes, I know we're focusing a lot on it, but, but it's just something that entered my mind. Do you think those last two minutes were indicative of the fact that Ryan Day doesn't have confidence in our running? Absolutely. Or, or do you absolutely. think it was just that he was actually trying to get
2: that extra field goal? I think it's a combination of both. I mean, you could see early on when we continue to struggle with the run, he probably passed on, you know, he probably called passing place on 80, 85% of the play calls. Um, and that was obvious in the second half. Um, we did finally end up breaking more. That's because I think he was passing so much that they had to try to drop more people in coverage. And then he picked his spots and some, some runs worked. We've got to find a way to get the running game going. Even if they know the running game's coming, uh, and be more creative with it. I don't know, man. See, that's so tough for me because I, I just, how could
1: you? Okay. How could he think that? Everybody, 11 Warriors, other podcasters, um, you know, insiders, you know, this is the best offensive line, biggest in, you know, high state history. Obviously, you put them five together. So obviously, you had confidence in putting them together. So why wouldn't, when the situation presents itself, why, why'd you not use it? Is it because because you're going back to Chip Kelly days? You know, Chip is one of his guys. Is he thinking like, well, I'm just going to sling the rock? You know, I'm just going to be arrogant. Is it being arrogant? Is it being stupid? I don't know. And I don't mean to be so harsh about it. But when it comes down to these last November games, you have got to be smart. I just don't understand for the life of me what the hell he was thinking. Yeah, I mean, I- that,
0: that was pretty bad. I'm with you, man. And, you know, the thing is, dude, and I know we're harping on it, but like I said, you know, at the end of the day, dude, we did not play a good football game. Did we get a win? Yes. Did we do some positive things? Yes, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But, dude, at the end of the day, we were not having a good day, okay? So at that point, dude, you've got to cut, bake, and get out of there. You take that W, dude, and you get on the freaking bus. Like, no trying to be cute, throwing the ball, all this stuff, because, like I said, dude, we damn near— We damn near fumbled the ball and lost the game. I mean, we were scooping score away from losing that football game in that situation. And, you know, I I think, man, when Ryan Day really sits back in the film room and looks at that again, he's going to be like, God dang, what the heck was I thinking, man? I guarantee you, he has to. I I hope so. I mean, but why does it take that to get to that point? I don't know. Dude, let's real quick hit on Jackson Smith and Jigba. What a monstrous day the kid had, dude. I mean, dude, breaking David Boston's record for, for receptions and just, dude, absolutely killing it. I think it's more apparent than ever, man. He's like, uh, we were talking about it last weekend. Davis, you and I have talked about it. Dude, I really think that, you know, I, I feel like CJ is like a one read guy and then in Jigba. Like, if he looks and sees where he thinks he might want to go and it's not there, it's in Jigba all day long. And especially with Garrett Wilson out, man, he just completely picked up the
2: slack, man. What a day he had, man. Yeah, I think uh, my only knock on him is he's going to have to learn some top end speed. Um, but other, I don't than know that, that you can learn that. I know, <laughs> so that's the problem. <laughs> so he he better be running all week with the parachute behind his back or something, because <laughs> he he almost got ran down again on that other one by what a linebacker. But, yeah, he. I, we talked about that too. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not a. He does not have the best top end speed, but you know what? That move he put on that I didn't even know he had that in him. That move he put on that linebacker got, or not that linebacker. I think it was a cornerback or someone. But you know, he's he he's someone that has become really reliant upon, and I think it is definitely his favorite target among the three. Um, I think it's the one that he kind of. Yeah, we had conversations about this several episodes ago uh chad where you know is this kind of his guy and i think it's proven that this is kind of his guy now when we're at full strength with everyone and we can make sure the, the offense is balanced then at that point we can spread it all you know all around the field but you know there's so many weapons out there that it's hard to, that like people don't understand it's really hard to constantly try to distribute it everywhere at some point someone's got the hot hand someone's Constantly getting open, or they're constantly exploiting a matchup that that person's going to get favored. So, I know, obviously, in my opinion, Olave has not gotten near the amount of touches this year I expected him to. But at the same token, you know, he's probably going up against, you know, the best DB that they have, the other team has. He's become kind of more of the home run threat more than anything. In his earlier days, he had more Jackson Smith and Jigba's role, right? So the roles are kind of reversed and now he's in that Devin Smith role where it seems like it's more like his catch is a touchdown or nothing. And I think that's kind of the changing of the guard we're seeing, but yeah, that was a hell of a day for that boy.
1: I don't I don't think you move him from the slot position. I think he does too much damage in the slot position. I know that's something that next year that they would have to worry about, but he's a he's a good receiver. I think he does a lot of damage more, He can do a lot more damage in the slot than him possibly next year being a number two or a number one guy. He's so quick. Moves, you know, like maybe not top end speed like you guys said, but, he, you know, if he does a little bit of move, catch the ball, turn it up for a few yards or what he did, you know, for seventy some yards for a touchdown, yeah, I like the kid a lot. I hope they
2: continue to keep him in the slot position. The majority of the catches he's making – are in the middle of the field. That's only helping to kind of condense that and leave the outsides open. For dare I say, we start running the ball on the outside. He starts making these moves on the inside. You know, especially in some of your your read options and things like that, where there's the option to throw or something. Like. I mean, there, there's more creative things you can do knowing that they got to zone in on him and condense the middle of the field and leave the the edges open. That you can exploit that. So there There's just a lot of good things that can come from what we're seeing out of him, and it's got to be making defensive coordinators you know lose sleep at night thinking how are they going to cover this guy and this guy and this guy? But none of that matters if we can't get the running game going. Okay, Speaking of read option, Chaz, I know you've been wanting
0: to talk about this. tell us uh tell us about what c J said to the press about his option. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. If my job was
1: to run the ball I'd be a running back or something. I throw the ball for a living, but I feel like I do my job when my number is called. I don't mean to take a while on this, so I'm going to go as fast as I can. At first I read that on Twitter. I thought it was like, you know, somebody being funny or something. I didn't think that was a real quote. So I didn't get to watch the the post game you know, you know the interviews after the game. So I didn't hear it. I read it first. So I didn't think nothing of it. I thought it was funny. Like, you know, ha, ha, ha. And then when I saw that he said it, I went to bed and I laughed to myself. Like, are you serious? I kind of thought about it and I kind of thought about it. And I thought, okay, well, if you throw the ball for a living and you're a quarterback, that means that you have to make decision, decisions for a living, correct? So that means... If the opportunity presents itself on his first interception, you would run the ball two to three yards to give yourself another, you know, what's that that saying that they say? Live to fight another down. You live to do that as a quarterback, correct? Well, why are you throwing a pick? Your job is not to throw interceptions if that's your job, if that's what you're living to do. You know, to me, that comment was stupid. I didn't like it. I thought that was very selfish, what he said. Because I don't know if he understands that he could be more of a versatile player and he could help his team more if he would be more open-minded to doing it. And right here, I got three plays for you. Me and you stood up and said, holy shit, when he did the first read option on third and four and got the first down in the red zone, right?
0: Correct. That was we, shot. Couldn't,
1: we, we couldn't believe it. We were like, oh my God. You know, it finally took nine games to do it. Then they ran the old school option twice, and he got one yard and was short for the first uh, fourth and one when they threw to the record. I was surprised that they called that. Then the next time they called it, he pitched it to Henderson, and he broke it for five yards. So, okay, his number was called, but does he not realize that he can execute it? He can do it. He can move the ball more. He could be more effective, you know, instead of just, oh. I just throw the ball. You know, that's that's what I do for a living. Well, yeah. if if Chris Olave just caught the ball for a living, he wouldn't have blocked for Smith and Jig, but for a touchdown. True. To me, to me, I don't like that comment.
0: I Davis.
2: That was, that was so, I'm, I'm, yeah, Hold I'm going to rebut. Before you
0: give me your take, let, let me say this real quick. Before you give me your take, can everyone here agree with a yes or no? No. Oh, <laughs> go ahead.
2: Sorry.
0: That. Now, the controversy about whether or not he's running it or he's not running it because he's scared to, whether he's not or whatever, because Ryan Day's telling him not to. all this stuff. can we put that to bed? It's not because Ryan Days telling him not to. It's because he's choosing not to.
2: I'm still not on board with that completely.
0: How can you not be on board with that? I'm, I'm Dude, on, he just told you i'm
1: on <laughs> I'm on board. I'm on board with you when it comes to, when the pocket breaks down and he steps up or he rolls out, yes, I'm with you in that regard. He does not want to run the ball. But when, it's the, when he's being told for a read option, I mean, like I said, we watched it Saturday. It worked. You know, It, it can be successful. But when it comes to a pass play, you're right. I mean, he, he's not going to do it, and that's well, going to hinder well, my this is, team.
0: Though, Ryan Day hasn't done very many, though. What, what I was saying by we can take that out is because Brian Day has not done very many designed run plays for him. It's an option in which he's choosing not to run it. Well, the he's option the is the
2: option still isn't off reading what the defense gives.
0: Yeah, you. but he's read it wrong. We all know he that has. I times. agree. He has. But and he does that because he doesn't want to run the ball. That's what I'm saying. He hands it off so, no matter so, what. because He don't want to run
2: it. Let, my rebuttal with to Chaz will kind of uh, address this, too. But we continue to forget that he's a freshman. OK, um, I think we've gotten spoiled in the fact that we're expecting guys to come up Charles and immediately perform. Well, you sh- I know mean, exactly my point. And he got stabbed <laughs> by his girlfriend, and he got charged. Look at the guy. <laughs> he's great. So, Hey, but he, he
0: ran when there was green space, hey,
2: baby. <laughs> I- I'm talking now. So, <laughs> listen, he's a freshman, okay? I understand he's got seven, eight games under his belt now. I'm not sure what – eight games under his belt now, okay? He's definitely doing some things that no other freshman has done. Um he had never played a meaningful snap until this year. Um I don't think he's a leader yet. I think he hasn't learned what it takes really to be a leader yet and it kind of shows he still looks a little bit quiet, a little bit almost too calm for me. You know, I like them to show a little bit of emotion, be a little bit fired up, be a little bit more vocal on the field, but he just kind of looks still, you know, just real quiet. Um and yeah, like you know saying things like that, like that's probably not the smart thing to say because it gives a lot of people open-ended you know, answers about, well, what does this mean? Does this mean that he just doesn't want to run the ball, whatever, you know, these are things that he's still young and he's still learning. I think this is a part of his game that he can develop if he doesn't feel comfortable with it, um, that can actually uh, help us out. And it may still be something that could be exploited later this season. I don't know, but I think we need to give him a little bit of slack in the fact that, you know, this is still a freshman quarterback that is still kind of learning some of these things, especially with some of these tough games down the road and i'm sure in certain situations you know the coach is like listen i'm really gonna have to get on you're gonna have to run the ball and we're gonna see a little bit more which is why we saw it um yesterday you know and the fact that we kind of saw how the game was going and we may need to use your legs because we have running backs that are struggling to get yards so i pumped the brakes a little bit on just bashing cj on all of this and just give him a little bit more time to try to continue to develop and and get integrated with his team. All
0: right, now it's my turn. I'll let you finish it out. I'm going to go real quick. Dude, I have to disagree with you 100% on the fact that you're talking about give him time, he's a freshman. Dude, running the ball is the easiest part of being a quarterback. If you're telling me, oh, he's having trouble looking off a safety or he's throwing into double coverage because he thinks he can get that window and he's not getting it. That's a freshman mistake. A freshman mistake is not looking to the left and going, oh, shit, there's 20 yards of space and nobody there. Maybe I should throw this ball into triple coverage. That is not a freshman mistake. That's an idiot mistake. There's a difference.
1: I was about to say, I I wish somebody would talk to him and get him to realize if he would have, and this is just being 100% honest. Like I said, the first pick he threw, if he would have ran for two to three yards, he would have lived to see another down. Could have been it. Could have been stalled out. Got three points, but he doesn't throw a pick there. The second one, which is, like I said, my personal favorite, is he should have threw three picks that game because he can't throw the ball out of bounds. He rolled to the left, and number thirteen JoJo Doman, uh, which is a great player, could have had that interception.
2: Actually should have had four. He threw one right into the hands of another one when he was trying to throw. I think Julian Fleming.
1: Yeah. Thank you. But, but he, I want somebody to look at him and say, look, I understand that you're a quarterback. You have to throw the ball, but look at the opportunities that you missed.
2: I mean, you guys are treating this like the scene from major league where Dorn comes up and says, there's nothing in there that says I got to get dirty and it's in my contract and. If somebody pulls it out and pisses all over his contract, like if somebody throws CJ
0: Stroud's paperwork on the ground right now, a scholarship paper, I'll pee all over that crap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
2: I'm, I'm, just you're just, you know, you mentioned something. This is a young team. When you said, is this a playoff team? This is a young team. Okay, so if we understand that we're really struggling like this is not quite a playoff team. Then why are we so quick to film under the bus for not understanding and learning these things right off the bat? Like, well, that's I one do, thing dude, I will not you're... agree with either one of you on this. I will in take the fact off that. No, you guys bash him way too flipping hard. I understand there's problems. I'm not saying there isn't. And I agree there's things that need to need to change. But Hold if on, there's this young of a team else. that is not ready for the playoffs yet, I know, but you got to give them time me. to figure this stuff out.
0: Dude, it's nine games into the season
2: with a young team. So if it's not figured out, then that means this isn't the year. They're not ready this year. Well, That's, the it, <laughs> That's the whole point I'm trying to make. That's the whole point I'm trying to make. Like you, you guys are ready. wanting, you guys are wanting perfection. Earlier you said we were there. ready, or you said we were ready. I said. Now you're saying you we're not ready. La- I said if you look at the landscape. Now, don't twist my words around. Well, I said if you're looking second. at the landscape of other teams. I'm just teams telling and- you what you said. I didn't say it. I didn't I, say that they would be a successful playoff team. I said, could they be a playoff team? I said, well, look at the other teams right now. They're in the rankings and tell me where we'll be. I already know where we're going to end up when the next role, uh, ranking comes out. And if we went out on our games, we're in. I'm sorry, but we are. Dude, my point is this. I, I don't
0: care about interceptions. If he makes mistakes and he throws them into that's fine, dude. I, I don't. That doesn't bother me. Like you said, he is a young quarterback. Do I care that he misses a read here and there? No, I don't. I don't care. That doesn't bother me. You didn't hear me say one thing today about any of that stuff. All I'm saying is, dude, the easiest thing on the field to do, the most safe thing to do on the field as far as getting yards and securing the ball not having to worry about a turnover is to get a couple yards and slide or get out of bounds. That's the easiest thing you can do, man. It, it is. So to fact to say that he's young and that's why he's not doing that, that's not an excuse for me. It's not. Not in that situation.
2: It's obviously something that is not comfortable in his game that he likes to do and therefore still has not even learned the skill to be comfortable doing it yet or at some point will just completely not be part of his game. So the real question here, is this a coaching problem or is this uh, a quarterback problem? I don't think it's a coaching problem, no. Ryan so a very then, smart so then at that point, if you really need the best person in this position, then you're saying that C.J., if he refuses to run the ball, is not essentially going to be the right person to quarterback this team anymore.
0: No, I'm not going to take it that far, dude.
2: I'm That's not take exactly it all the way, the way, way it feels
0: like you're taking it. No, I'm not going to take it all the way to say, like, <laughs> C.J.'s not the starting quarterback here. I'm just saying that someone needs to put a foot in his ass. It's not that hard, dude, to make those decisions, and I cannot for the life of me believe Dude, Ryan
2: Day has forgot more about football, like I said before, than we'll ever know. Listen, so, every time we go out to eat, I can keep telling you to tip the waitress, but when you don't tip her, like you know, that's you're just a tipper. Like exactly, and that's <laughs> that's, that's just what I who think you this are. Is. So I don't go out to eat with you anymore. I can't like, imagine it is Ryan.
0: Happens. I can't imagine they're watching film and Ryan Day's not like, hey man, here's what here's what happened here. Here's probably what you should have done.
2: You know, look at this real estate here. I can't imagine he's not saying that. So then I I say, I say this whole problem is a coaching problem then, because are you going to sit there and then have your quarterback come back at you and be like, listen, you know, I understand it's there, but I just, I didn't, I didn't feel running that. Like at that point, you're like, listen, I need you. Your job is you need to move the ball. You see it there. You better get on your ass and run. And if you don't, I'll find someone that will. What do you think? We need a third take on this.
1: I, I was about to say because you guys went went off a little bit. I was gonna. I was. I'm being honest with you, Davis. If I'm not a Buckeye fan, or you know, I have a regular team, or whatever. When you are a quarterback and you're you're in your ninth game, I know he's a registered freshman. I know this is his eighth game playing. I understand that. I do. I can honestly see where you're coming from. That I'm being a little hard on him, but the reason why I'm being a little hard on him because of that comment. To me, it's like, you okay, you live to throw the ball. Okay, then I need you, buddy, to throw it out of bounds and not, and not throw a almost interception. I need you to not throw it into double coverage for your second pick, okay? That's what I need. Because if you're going to make comments like that, then I'm going to have to judge you on your comment because that's just me. I've always been that way. If you're going to comment on something that you do, well, then you have to take the criticism too. In all honesty – to me, this is the stretch as a football team, not just him, as a whole football team and I can go on to other players too like Jeremy Ruckard, you cannot fumble the ball last week against Penn State. your senior guy, you cannot fumble the ball. You have got to catch the ball on fourth and one this you know against Nebraska when your opportunity is called. You, we have got to play mistake free football if we can these last weeks because these these, in all honesty, this football team needs to realize they went out, they win the Big Ten. I'm not talking about playoff. I'm just talking Big Ten. They win the next four games, they win the Big Ten. Now, that should be the goal, right? Yeah. As a team. That's why I'm so critical on this kid right now. It, it's not because I think he needs to be Justin Fields or he needs to you know, lower his shoulder and do this and that. No, I just need you to play smart. That's all I want him to do. That's why I'm being critical on him. And I agree I just, with that. I yeah, do. I, I,
2: yeah. I, 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 I think we're closer to the same page. It's more directed yeah. for Chad. Chad is more knee-jerk reaction and emotion. And I'm more well, always glass half full and realistic. Well,
0: well, you, guys, you guys are taking well, on. what I'm saying based on the entire scope of him. No. I'm talking about the one aspect of his game. One tiny aspect. No, no, no.
1: I'm being honest with you. You can ask Chad. When he watched the game with me, he felt full experience of what it is to watch a game with me. Because that was I, I was flipping the water bottle up and down. I damn near broke uh, a pitcher in my house because it, it. To me, like I said, it was situational football that killed me. And I need him. I. It's not maybe just him. It could be Ryan Day. It could be Corey Dennis, the the quarterback coach. It could be Kevin Wilson, the offensive corner. I don't know who it's got to be, but I just want them to sit him down and look and see. Hey. Does winning matter to you? And if his answer is yes, then he's got to realize that he's got to play smarter. If you want to, you know, that's your job or you live to throw the ball, okay, then I need you to live like a quarterback, make smarter decisions, throw it out of bounds. If it's there, I'm, I even hate to say this one, but I, I mean, I've been watching football for years, but I've seen Peyton Manning step up in the pocket and take three yards and that dude's slow as hell.
0: Now, yeah, why is it that he he because can do he's that? got a
2: huge forehead? He can't get hurt. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, it,
0: that's true, Chaz. If he does lean forward, that is three yards with the forehead.
1: Well, yeah, so that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but do you but you do you understand what I'm what I'm truly trying to say? Like I'm just being hard on him because this is it. As if as a football team, this is it. This is all that's left. This is not a playoff talk. This is just this is it. And that's yeah, not where so I am,
2: I, dude. Yeah. And I'm not okay with the decision making on some of those either. I understand that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we're closer to the same thing. I just, you know, the knock on his running, I think it's either going to happen and it's going to improve or it's just not going to happen. It's not who he is. I disagree with what he said. And I think that's immaturity, which is one of the points I brought up that he's a redshirt freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not something you say to the media there. You say, I do whatever my coach asked me to do. And you leave it at that. You know, even if you disagree the way he said it, that I'm a quarterback, I'm here to pass the ball. I don't even ball. think you say that. You should, well, then,
0: then they just put it on Ryan day. Well, I think what you, I think what even you still is I, okay. I
2: agree. His comment, his comment was immature. And I think it showed um, a light that he is not open for change, open for something else that could potentially help the team, but maybe he doesn't like, you know, I think there's a lot of ways you can interpret what he said, but I think it was not positive. And I think that showed his immaturity. And I think the more he gets matured, the more uh, he steps up to play more of that leadership role. You're going to understand being a leader. Sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do for the betterment of everyone else. And I think that realization with maturity will help him develop that part of the game more out of necessity. That's the point I'm trying to make. Well, let me say this, dude. I, and nobody has
0: come from nobody has come from what I'm – the, the difference between me and everyone else right now on this podcast is that I have come the full circle of emotions with C.J. Stroud, where no one else has, okay? I wasn't a believer in the beginning. I've been open in saying that. Was not a believer. Okay, now, am I saying that he's not the guy? Am I saying that we should bench C.J. Stroud? No, I'm not at all saying that. I'm not even remotely saying that. I'm still on the CJ train, train 100%. The problem is, dude, the reason I'm so critical of him is because I've seen what he can be. He has this element, okay, to pass the ball. Is his decision-making all the way there? No, because he's a freshman, okay, and he's still learning. I get that 100%. Can, do I think he can make all the throws possible to play on Sundays? I do. But what I'm saying is, dude, there's this lingering element of his game. And I'm like, good God, man. Okay, it's like I do with my daughter in sports. She has a cannon for an arm, okay? But makes the laziest throws you've ever seen in your life. And I'm like, throw the damn ball hard. I tell her that all the time. I said, I don't care if you throw it in the freaking stands, just throw it hard. That's all I care about. And I feel it's like the same parallel with CJ. It's like I can see him being a full quarterback. In my mind, I see it. I see it. And I'm not talking about Justin Fields and and Trell Pryor. I'm not talking about a running quarterback a guy that's going to beat you with his legs and get 100 yards a game on his uh, with his legs. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying opportunistic football, situational football. Take three yards, let them know they have to respect it so at least they know they have to respect it, and go on with your day, man. I'm not asking you to be a superstar. I'm just saying, dude, you could be a fully rounded quarterback, and I want to see that happen, and that's really where I'm coming from.
2: And I get it, yeah. and I, I think we all want to see that for sure out of him. And it's almost kind of like, well, what is it going to take for that to finally happen if it does? And that's kind of, I think where we're left in limbo and where our frustrations are coming from, because we're starting to see it a little bit, but it's still not to the level where we think it would actually fully help out the team and kind of leave the defenses having to account for one more person, because that's a a big deal in itself. Yeah. So I I think we're on the same page. Listen, I want to address something that uh, has been an issue the last handful of games uh, is it which your hairline? Is another, no, that's that's been an Sorry. issue since the first game of the season. <laughs> but the big issue is the amount of penalties that we're having, and especially this late into the year when we really were not that big of a pen, uh, penalized team. I mean, we're now 30th worst in the country in penalty yards per game at like around 65 yards per game. And they're really timely penalties in bad spots. I mean, it was a lot worse at Penn State. But we still had a handful of them against Nebraska in bad spots as well. And especially when you're having those on uh, at times that you're in the red zone, you're backing yourself up. Or if you're in the middle of field with good field position. I mean, what was that one time we got the crappy punt for went for what, 13 yards? And then we had some stupid crap happen and a bad penalty and we couldn't even do anything with a good field position, you know? it's these penalties I think are getting overlooked a little bit and we're seeing that, you know, we're struggling scoring points, but that's the thing. If we can cut those penalties down, we're probably 14 points better in that game.
0: Jazz, I'll let you take this one first.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree with you on that a hundred percent. It's a situational when, when the penalties are coming. I mean, like I said, I don't mean to go back on CJ, but that was another one. We're in their territory and he rolls out and it's an intentional grounding. And now it's, he lost nine yards. It's second and 19. You know what I mean? We're on a good drive, and then it's just stalled. Or we hit a good screen to Henderson, and we get a holding call. That wasn't or, even part of the play. Yeah, yeah DeWan Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're absolutely right. It's it's killing me because it's like we get on a drive, we get on a drive, and then something happens. Or it's 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 at the worst situation. It, it's at the worst time. It, it's It's just – I'm with you. The last two games with penalties have been kind of a head scratcher. You know,
2: like what they the look, un- they look undisciplined. Yeah. Like, yeah, like we haven't just spent the last, you know, four or five straight months through preseason camp and preseason workout and fall camp and all these games leading up to this to have that stuff worked out. Yeah. Like at that, yeah, that's, I, that's the most head scratching thing to me is how all of a sudden do we look like we're that much out of sorts? Yeah, I have no idea.
0: I, you know what I attribute it to, man. I'm gonna tie it back into everything we've been talking about today, and that's just the youth and the inexperience of this team. And I know, like you said, that it has been a um, It's been a growing problem. It's not been a consistent problem throughout the throughout the year. We're coming into Big Ten time. Okay, we're playing meaningful games. Uh, we're playing tough games. We're playing tough opponents every week. These kids are being put in situations they've never been in before. Most of them are freshmen or or underclassmen or don't have a lot of experience under their belt. And I think it's showing, dude. I really do. Do I think we're going to have these problems next year? I really don't. But I I think we're just kind of going through it a little bit. I mean, and that's just kind of where I'm at. But, you know, if you want to win the Big Ten and you want to call yourself, you know, a CFP contender this year, we've got to clean that up, man. It's got to be cleaned up and like yesterday.
2: Yeah, so I at least want to finish with something positive, and I want to talk about the defense, uh, mainly the the defensive line with what they've been able to do the last handful of games. Uh, You know, we got five more sacks again, especially against a mobile quarterback, which is hard to do. Um, And you match that with how many times we're getting held and it's not being called the last two games is another head scratcher for me. Um, I can literally probably count on my hand, uh, maybe two hands, the amount of times that I saw that we got held and nothing was called. I don't think Nebraska got called for a single holding penalty all game, and I saw it at least five, six times.
1: Yeah, officiating just plain sucks. They're, they're terrible. I wish that refs would be fine for how terrible they are because I know this is Nebraska, you know, the recap of Nebraska, but Penn State was god-awful. That score right there, we should have won by 12 points. Wait, what was the score? We I won know. by nine. nine. Yeah, we should have been 12 points. Because yeah. the when they got the field goal on the end of the first half, Smith got held and then Tommy got thrown down by the center. And it was back-to-back
2: play. So it should have been first and 30. And it could have been worse than that because that gave them yeah. momentum. Going to the locker room, came out, and got yeah. the ball, and scored seven on the first drive of the third quarter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, so you 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 mix not getting the calls with all these penalties and some poor decision making, and that's a recipe for disaster, right? And here oh, we yeah. are against uh, a quality opponent and another one that's better than what the record showed on the road, and we're still winning by nine points with all of these things working against us. That's more where I'm seeing this positive because if we can clean this stuff up, we're not the same team that we were the last two weeks, and we're still finding ways to win, isn't that? also the sign of a good team when things aren't going well to still find ways to pull these out. Yeah, but that can't be every week. I understand that, and it hasn't been every week. So, listen, you know, if we see that again, and I know we're going to have our Purdue pregame show, um, not this time, but next time. But if we show it again against Purdue the same thing, then I'm a believer that this is just this is going to be our problem and we do not deserve being. If we can somehow turn it around, because Purdue's probably going to be ranked when we play them. They better we, be ranked. They're going to be. Sorry, Missouri, sorry. Uh, sorry.
0: if Mississippi State is
2: ranked, they better be ranked. Mississippi State just lost, didn't they? Did oh, they? Yeah, they? Would, Mississippi would, State would, just lost because remember uh, Mike Leach was on there saying he's. Yeah, I think they lost again because Mike Leach was on there talking about how he's going to have open tryouts for a kicker.
1: Yep, they lost to Arkansas.
2: That's and what I bet thought.
1: You, I, and I bet you Arkansas comes up and they're ranked 24. Wait a second, Chaz. That's a quality loss. <laughs> they're
0: all quality oh, yeah. losses and quality oh. wins.
2: <laughs> yeah, So the they can look, I want to say something suck. about the defense,
0: dude. Um, first of all, they've been keeping us in games, uh, which is something I didn't think I'd be saying this year. But they've been keeping us in games. But they're still – I'm still not completely sold on some of the schemes. We're still doing a lot of this freaking single high safety shit. I, I am not a fan of some of the defensive play calling. Now, our defensive line, dude, beastly. Beastly, and there are some people, like I said, on defense that are growing on me, but I'm, dude, Seven Banks has really irritated me this whole year. Um, Dude, I just, I'm just not kind of seeing it with him. I, I just kind of hope that maybe we can come up with a little bit better of a scheme going forward in some of these
2: teams that we're getting ready to play, namely Michigan State. I was going to say it's all going to be a little more situational based again. Like I think we go into Michigan State, it's going to be more the single high because they're more of a threat to run the ball. Uh, We go into that Michigan game uh, or even that Purdue game uh, because you have Bell potentially could be one of the best uh, receivers in the Big Ten. You're definitely going to need more uh, focus and coverage. So, I mean, if you look statistically, we're doing really well with the run. And that is uh, attributed again to just having that single high safety more focus there. But when you're having more of a threat downfield and getting beat, which is why we got beat over the top two times in that Nebraska game. um, But you have someone that can, you know, be a bigger threat. I think that's when you're going to see us drop back into the two deep or three.
0: Well, here's the thing, dude. Uh, Real quick, Chaz, before you jump in. Uh, Nebraska's not a running team. So that's why I didn't they're more, the they're look. more, they're a little more balanced, but I think that was their more, number one player is Torre and they have Adrian Martinez. Now he's a threat to run the ball. Well, that's more that's, than that's, the freaking I'm, that's why
2: I'm saying that more is that they wanted to make sure Adrian didn't really beat us with his feet and he still got a little bit of his, but we did keep him in check for the most part of the game running the ball.
0: Yeah, yeah, but here's, what, here's my point. Sorry, Chaz, before you go. Yeah, no, you're, good. Their, you're their, good. their main receiver against our defense had 150 yards on a touchdown, and we knew he was going to get the ball. Yeah, but one of those was over half his yards, so. <laughs> I'm with
1: you. I don't like the single high either. I I mean, that goes back to the Oregon podcast. I don't think we still have some of the personnel that, that can run it. Now, the Nebraska game, I felt like they thought that Martinez's legs would hurt him more. than than him passing the ball. So that's why I was kind of okay with it. Now, yeah, the big play, it it did suck. Now, I know people are blaming Shaw, and I know some people are blaming Ransom on that. To me, I've always said this, I don't think Ransom is a very good man-to-man cover guy. I don't, and that's not knocking the kid. That's just being honest. Bryson Shaw, to me, I, I still don't know why he plays, but, I mean, he did have a pass breakup, thank God. I mean that was awesome, uh, you know.
0: I'm sorry, you
1: know. I'm sorry, but I'm just being honest. I, I to me, he's like it, I'm not
0: sure why your parents birthed you, but yeah. here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm, I hate to be that honest, but I'm just being serious here. Uh, but the single high safety, though, I felt like it. It was okay during this game because we did put them in a lot of third down, third and long situations, and we succeeded. And that's what I was so happy about this defense versus uh, Penn State because, like, when me and you at work, Chad, we're talking about it. I, I I pull my hair every time, and I know Davis. You know, I've texted this to you a couple times. I when it's third, and six and beyond. I mean, that is money. That is big time money down. You know, you're off the field. And I was so happy to see that they improved this week. But then again, it kind of makes me think realistically, like, okay, well, it is Martinez. I know he doesn't throw the ball very well. So can we do that against Peyton Thorne, who does throw the ball really well? Uh, David Bell, at Purdue. You know, we. I don't think. I don't see us coming out single safety that game. I, I don't. And I, I know you said you guys didn't want to do the preview for Purdue, but I don't see it. I don't see them coming out with a single high safety. But the defense, I'm extremely happy to see them improve. I I mean, Tommy has improved. I know he's not best linebacker, but he has improved. He's making plays. Steel Chambers needs to play. He's really, really good.
2: Yeah, Steel Chambers has impressed me a lot.
1: Yes, I'm happy to see Tyreek Smith finally do what I thought he could do after last year. And then Zach Harrison is doing so well teron vincent is stuffing the run that's great to see like the whole d line is getting in that to me that is off awesome and i'm like you chad Sevy seve banks to me is it's just been a disappointment dude cam brown needs to be over that kid
2: i'm sorry he does well you gotta think it, it's you pr- it's probably easy to forget but josh proctor got hurt early on in the season he was done and he was a key piece to that defensive backfield why we're still kind of shifting things around and trying to find what works like when you said lathan ransom is not really that cover guy he kind of reminds me a lot more of sean wade like he's better when he's in space and he can kind of make decisions just like sean wade kind of got exposed when he was more you know man to man Mm -hmm. so i think that's kind of You know one thing that we lost a key person there and I think for the most part we've been able to make it up like Denzel Burke is just I don't know how he gets better to be honest with you than what he's been Like he's already the best defensive back we have on this field And if he just plays this way the rest of his career, he's going to be an an all-american and a top draft pick like he's unreal stupid good so Realistically, we just need a couple more guys, and we could be complete lockdown in the backfield. Yeah, I agree with you on that one.
1: Now, this is just a personal thing for me, what I, me and Chad have talked about, but I'm liking what I'm seeing in Matt Barnes. I liked what I saw at Penn State, the zone concepts. Like, he's realizing that we don't have the guys to run single high safety. Like, we don't have enough guys that can be man-to-man, you know, on people, I just feel like we need to tighten up our zones a little bit, but I wanted to ask you guys about Matt Barnes with this stretch and, and how he's done since he's taken over. Do you want him to be the official defensive
2: coordinator after this season? Yeah. So I actually like what Matt Barnes is doing. And the biggest thing there is I think he's understanding where his players can succeed. He admitted that he messed up on those big plays that he put people out of position so he clearly admitted that he put he called the wrong play and that's the result of that so he's understanding that and willing to make that work that was an important thing that he had mentioned this past week another one is that you know he's constantly mixing it up and it's not just I'm not the scheme I'm talking about but he's mixing up pressures and things like that which is keeping quarterbacks off balance you know we're constantly you know sometimes we might be bringing in six. Sometimes we might bring, bringing in three and dropping the other ones in coverage. Sometimes we're bringing the cornerback. Sometimes, you know, we're overloading one side, like, you know, he's mixing it up enough to where it's not this bland ho-hum defense that just gets picked apart nonstop. You know, I know we're still giving up some yards and that's equate to, you know, some of the zone defense we've been playing to try to keep stuff in front of us. But I like the fact that he's mixing things up and I think he's trying to set it up, knowing what our players can do individually and trying to put them in positions to succeed.
0: I'm going to say yes for a different, way more elementary reason. All season long since the defense have been, has improved, they've been interviewing him, and you know what he's been saying? Oh, it takes a village. It's the whole staff. You know, it's, it's a team effort. It's this and that. And first of all, I like that mentality. But second of all, no, it's not. It's the same village, bro. Just a different dude wearing the headdress. You understand what I'm saying? So don't tell me that it's just because oh well no it doesn't matter that I'm that I'm the guy now making the calls um it's it's you know it's a team effort no it's not no it's not you have made this thing better and I'm a full believer in earning your stripes dude and earning things through your progression and through your work ethic and I think he's done that dude and I think he deserves an opportunity just being honest yeah I I think he should be the defensive coordinator after this year I think they need to give him a
1: 3 to 4 year deal that's just my opinion
2: yeah, and I think that's another thing that kind of gets overlooked a little bit too with how young the team is, is we still have a relatively young, and inexperienced coaching staff. I know Ryan Day is only in, what, his third head coaching season? Am I saying it right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, that's still relatively new. Third year as a, ever as a head coach. You know, I understand you can spend a lot of time as an offensive coordinator, but, you know, once you become the head coach, you also have a lot of other responsibilities And being able to strictly, you know, focus on the offensive side of the ball all the time, you know, is not something that he's always going to have time to put into as much as he used to when he was just an offensive coordinator. Uh, You mix that with the defensive. I mean, we have so many things that I guess really could be counted as stacking against us this year. And we're still in position to win the Big Ten and whatever may come after that. So. I'm still on board with this could potentially be some sort of magical season, but my expectations are still kind of kept relatively low in the fact that, I mean, I could see us losing at least one of these next three or maybe two out of the next three. It's completely possible, but we could very well come out and storm through the next three and win the Big Ten. I mean, it's all in front of us. I think it's possible, but, you know, I think it's still Probably really good what, what they've done with what they you know, the hand they've been dealt with this year. Well, hey, listen. First of all, Chaz, thanks for
0: coming on, dude. Uh, we love having you on. Um, it's fun to talk to you. And obviously, dude, you got a lot of knowledge and stuff like that. So we do appreciate you coming on. And we've rambled on for way too long, of course, but that's what always happens, dude. That's what happens when you're talking about guy football. It brings out the best in me and the worst in Davis and somewhat of an average in Chaz. So uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll go ahead and sign off here. Hey, I'm d- I've done
2: this episode on three hours of sleep. You've got to be kidding me. And that's in the last three days. I know. And I'm just joking, dude. Chaz
0: lives and breathes this crap, dude. He's probably beat his wife and broke everything in the house by now <laughs> and do. everything else.
2: I do too. How many guys do you think would have been <laughs> able to talk their wife into coming down and doing a podcast when the babies upstairs need to be fed? That is true. Well, and it's in the spirit <laughs> of all
0: that, Davis... Tell us where they can find them. Or tell tell them where it can find us. Gee money. Grab them. <laughs> what <laughs> tell everybody act like you hell they can listen to this rap on episode 30
2: <laughs> listen hey we're on episode 32 we're not freshmen anymore dude we don't we don't need to be having these mistakes all right we're not a young team
0: i know we're, yeah, not, we're not a young, a young team.
2: team anymore i don't see us as a playoff team anymore after that <laughs> all right moving forward uh as always guys you can catch us on facebook um go and check our page we put a, a lot of other things on there besides just our uh, episodes um, but you can always catch us on all major streaming services: Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Um, we also post these on YouTube. Uh, we will occasionally do uh, video episodes. We've got two of them, I think we've done so far up to this point on there. Uh, so if you want to check those out, go ahead. Um, and just we we still love the interaction, guys. We're trying to get out some polls. We're trying to get out some questions, score predictions. So if you get a chance, swing on over to the Facebook page. Um, definitely give us a shout out, a like, a comment, anything. Um, let us know. But uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Um, thanks again, Chaz, for showing up on this episode. And until next time, we'll see you then. Go, Bucks. OH. H.